As you probably already know by now, people can have all kinds of subconscious patterns that they are completely unaware of. In fact, the subconscious mind can completely contradict the conscious mind. For example, we may say something like, you know, I totally love helping people. But actually, down deep, the truth is we don't really like helping people at all. In fact, we just do it for a sense of appreciation and guaranteed alliance, and if we don't get those things, we regret helping in the first place. Another example is we may have suppressed our anger a long time ago, and as a result, even though we may be very angry, we don't even feel the anger. In fact, we relate to ourselves only as a really peaceful person. I know you've met people like that before. Now, one of these subconscious patterns that plays out in our lives plays out in relationships, and if this pattern isn't seen directly and resolved, it can ruin a relationship. The pattern that makes you a foe on a subconscious level is needing to be the one to reflect someone's shadows to someone, or needing to be the one who calls them out or can call them out. Obviously being in this position in somebody's life is a rather empowering position. It's a position that gives you a lot of pride. It's tempting to think that this is a loving position to hold in somebody else's life, when in fact there can be, and often are, deep, deep shadows involved in why you want to occupy that space in someone's life and what you're getting out of it. People in the awareness community see shadow as two different things. Basically they're using the same word for two different things. The first is what someone is unconscious of. The second is something about a person that is out of alignment or bad or wrong. If I had my way we would no longer be using the same term for both of these states. Because the shadow is what you're unconscious of, right? Once you become conscious of it, we can no longer call it a shadow. So what are we really talking about when we're referring to something about a person that's out of alignment, bad, or wrong, according to our judgment? Obviously, anytime we have a judgment, we need to question it. That being said, sometimes you can accurately feel the offness of certain patterns within yourself or others. Meaning that something a person is thinking, saying, or doing is not in alignment with their desires, well-being, and perhaps the well-being of others. This pattern of being out of alignment in some way is what many people call the shadow, but what I would prefer is if we call this someone's misalignment. What we have to consider is that the reason that we perceive something to be off about somebody else may actually be because of something that is off about us. So often when we see something that is bad, wrong, or out of alignment with somebody else, What's actually happening there is that they are out of alignment with what we want for them. Now here's the thing, our desires for what we want for somebody are so often because of what we want for ourselves. So it really has nothing to do with that other person. <laughs> A better way of putting this is that we run the risk of thinking that somebody else is misaligned in conditions when actually what they're misaligned with is not their own desires and their own needs and their own well-being, but actually our overlay. To understand this in depth, watch my video titled Overlay, What Prevents You From Having a Real Relationship. When it comes to this particular pattern that I'm going to talk about today, it is you that is actually in a state of misalignment, looking at somebody else in terms of their misalignment. <laughs> it is obvious that if people are close to us, they may perceive things about us that we're not aware of. They may see where we are misaligned. When a person in our life really loves us, the energy behind them making us aware of these things is an assist 
It feels pure because there's no subconscious strategy on their end. But if there is a subconscious strategy behind this reflection, no matter how much the person thinks they're telling us what they're telling us for our own good, it will feel like they're taking something away from us, instead of adding to our well-being by assisting us. Taking pride in, or being identified with, being the one in someone's life that can reflect their shadow to them, being the one who calls them on their shit, feels bad because it's actually a power play. Inherent in it is the energy of, I challenge and oppose you, instead of, I assist you. If you have this particular shadow about yourself, this identification with being this person in somebody else's life, the truth, down deep at the core, is that you don't trust anyone. You've slipped into the illusion of self and other. You're not practicing love because you do not actually see the other person as a part of yourself. Therefore, what you can't see about yourself is that you call people on their shadows out of fear. It's all about your sense of well-being rather than it is about the well-being of the person you're trying to reflect something to. Another harsh reality you have to accept is that if this is the role you're identified with, being in other people's lives, or specifically in one person's life, the person you're doing that with, you don't actually see as a good person. You don't actually trust them. Basically, you see them as the bad guy, whether you are willing to admit to it or not. You distrust their capacity to see themselves, you distrust their internal compass, and you distrust them with yourself and distrust them with others. And so on a subconscious level, you try to use their vulnerability against them for the sake of your own safety. In that moment where you're able to see and show them something about themselves that they don't see, in that second you actually feel safer than ever because you feel the safety inherent in that win of superiority. You have one of them. When this pattern becomes even unhealthier is when people use this pattern to create endearment with someone. The way that they do this is by convincing the other person that they are the only ones that can truly see them. I'm the only one that can really see your shadow and you gotta keep me around because I'm the one that calls you on your bullshit. <laughs> Sounds loving, right? It's not. It means you see yourself as indispensable to them and then try to convince them that you're indispensable and that they must defer to your judgment specifically because no one else is as good at seeing their shadow and therefore no one else can really see them as clearly as you can. This isolates them. Their health and well-being now depends on keeping you around to see the bad and wrong things about them that they cannot see about themselves. The underlying message here that's being conveyed is I'm the one that really sees you and it just so happens that it's not so good. If you're one of the people who establishes this type of patterns and relationships the truth is you don't actually see them at all. What you do see is every pattern within them that could potentially pose a threat to you. This subconscious pattern is much easier to see in circumstances where you have a person who's in a position of recognized power. Now, If in your childhood especially, or some point in your life, you were put in a position where someone else had power and based on them having more power than you had, you got hurt, Power in and of itself is going to be a trigger for you. Essentially what I need to, to recognize about yourself if you're in this pattern is that you don't recognize power as a good thing ever. It's only ever a bad thing. This means that all it takes for you to see somebody as a bad guy and to get into this pattern with them is for them to have more power than you, for them to be an achiever, for them to be a boss for them to be an authority, for them to be an expert, for them to be more of anything, more beautiful, more wealthy, more famous. Anything that makes you perceive that they hold more power kicks you into this 
um, place where you see them as the bad guy and thus react as if they are. A person's going to react to this if they have this pattern in one of two ways. Either they are going to be so preoccupied with being the one in power in all situations, meaning I always have to have the upper hand, or they're going to be a person who makes such an enemy of power that it becomes their, let's call it, calling in life to demolish power and to establish an egalitarian type of regime. <laughs> Basically, they'll want to live in a place where hierarchy does not exist and everyone's equal at all times. No one ever has power over anyone else. I can personally attest to this pattern. I see it almost every day in my career. The reason is, obviously, in the world, based off of my purpose and career, I've been put in a position where I have both power and authority relative to awareness and relative to seeing things, especially shadows. Now, obviously, for people who are triggered by this, there's nothing more alluring than seeing things about me that I don't see about myself. There is no more superior position you can have with someone in my particular position than to be the one who sees the shadows of the shadow seer, or to be the one that is more aware than the awareness leader. People with this shadow use two excuses mainly in order to defend or justify this unhealthy pattern within themselves. The first is, it's easy to see things about other people and it's not easy to see things about yourself. In other words, you can't see your own shit. Now, what's interesting about this is they're taking a universal truth, which is it's much easier to see things about other people than it is to see about yourself, to justify this behavior. The other excuse that people use, or proof people find to back up this, or justify this behavior, is just take a look at history. Again, they're using a truth to back up unhealthy behavior. And that truth is that they can look all throughout history at people who have had power, who have turned into tyrants based off of not being able to see themselves. People with this shadow hate yes people and perceive these historical tyrants to have been surrounded by yes people. Yes people, of course, being people who never oppose the tyrant and therefore enable horrible things. But here's where I'm going to take this resistance that you have towards these types of people in history and drop it down a level. The real anger that people with this pattern have towards yes people is actually the anger that they had towards the person in their life that enabled the tyrant in their life that used their power against them to do what they did. Essentially, it's their pain at never being defended. In case you want to look into this, it's called bystander trauma or enabling trauma. Due to all this pattern that I've just exposed to you, people with this pattern tend to play the devil's advocate, like all the time. Playing the devil's advocate in this scenario is an attempt to get someone they already see as the bad guy in a position of power to consider the other, which they perceive to be the underdog, because they're identified with the underdog. What they're defending through devil's advocacy is really the disempowered part of themselves. Essentially, they try to keep you both safe and good by knocking you down so you never have power. It may be interesting for you to note something about this pattern of devil's advocacy. If you know people in your life who like to play this pattern out and tend to always play the devil's advocate, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the psychology here, and I hope I can describe it in a way that you understand it. People who play devil's advocate 
tend to feel when someone's upset that the person on the other side of that upset is going to get hurt. Now, when they perceive that that person is going to get hurt, that makes them suddenly the perceived victim and thus the perceived underdog because they see themselves as the underdog and that's actually where they identify. They will then go into a position of having to defend that person. So their alliance will be with the person whoever they're talking to is upset at. Now the reason that it's super confusing, why the hell does this person defend that person and then 10 seconds later defend the other person is, they would do the same thing on the other side. If they were standing next to that person and they were upset at you, suddenly the upset suggests you could get hurt. The fact that you could get hurt means you're now the underdog, they identify with you, and they play the devil's advocate to that person. Okay, so basically, to summarize it very simply, the minute someone could get hurt, they become the underdog, the one that could get hurt. And thus, this makes the person identify with them and argue on behalf of them. Again, they will subconsciously be defending themselves in their position of perceived powerlessness vicariously. And now, just when you thought we had dug as deep as we could, we're going to have to go one layer deeper. <laughs> when a child is put in a position where somebody in their life has this power and is using this power against them and it becomes an unsafe or a perceived to be unsafe situation, the child copes with this by letting go of their identity. They become whatever pleases this tyrant of a powerful adult. Now, obviously, when they have to give themselves up in this way, they're not happy about it. Often when they begin to heal out of this pattern, instead of focusing on what they want and what their feelings are and what they're thinking and going after their unique desires, they turn against anyone in a position of power. Basically, rebellion is their only way to feel a sense of self. They can only feel definition for who they are and what they want and don't want and whatever when they're in opposition to something. This means antagonism is their only way to feel a sense of self. So let's pretend you've watched this video and you can recognize this particular pattern within yourself. I'm going to give you some suggestions for what you need to do. The first thing, stop being concerned with whether or not somebody can see their own shadows in general. If you're in this pattern, what you have to recognize is you don't actually trust the person on the other side of this. Obviously, the focus then needs to be placed on why don't I trust this person? How do I trust this person? Is this person really unworthy of trust or is it me that's just projecting that onto them based off of my previous experiences? The real thing you need is not for them to see their shadow, it's for you to have more personal power. And in this situation, you're powerless to your own shadow. One thing you need to see is that power was never the problem. I mean never, ever the problem. Power doesn't corrupt, even though you've been told that, even though it seems like that's the way that the world works. Power doesn't corrupt. All power does is it magnifies someone's actual character. It just becomes more of what a person already is, right? So I want you to think about power as if it's fire. A person could possess a lot of fire, but obviously if that person wants to hurt someone, they're going to do something different with that fire than somebody who wants to make people feel good. So it's not about power. It's about the person who holds it and what their whole MO is. Perhaps the most important and critical thing for you to be doing is to focus on developing a healthy and a strong sense of self.
For this reason, I have a few videos that will help you immensely if you have this pattern. The first is personal boundaries versus oneness, how to develop healthy boundaries. The second is how to be authentic. And the third is people are not all equal. The next thing is we have to try to really fully understand something that someone's doing and understand that person before we automatically judge it as bad or wrong or out of alignment or a shadow. It's only after we face our own resistance to things that the truth about that thing can finally emerge. For example, let's say that we have a lot of judgment about dressing sexy. It's out of alignment with who that person should be. You can't actually know that until you face your own resistance to dressing sexy. Where did I get the idea that this isn't okay? Why do I feel it isn't okay? Facing the emotions, that reaction I have to it. It's only by facing your resistance that the actual truth about dressing sexy in this case will rise to the surface. The next thing you have to do is to practice love. Now, I know that that sounds like a new age, kind of a fairy tale-ish way of approaching the world. <laughs> but here's the thing. To love somebody is to take them as a part of yourself. Now, if you really understand those words, I mean at a visceral level, you will see that it is probably the most difficult practice you could ever do. Ever. What practicing love does is it demolishes power dynamics. To understand more about this, you can feel free to watch my video titled, What is Love? When you are actually in the practice of love, the reflections you give someone, if you show them some place that you feel like they're misaligned, the energy you will be doing this with is not against them. It's going to be for them. And there's no way to fake this. If you are doing something for all of these subconscious reasons that I've just explained as part of the shadow, it doesn't matter if you say that it's for someone or if you even think it's for them. It will be completely obvious because of the energy behind it that it isn't. In other words, it's important to realize that we can be in complete denial telling ourselves that something is for someone when it's really against them. Also, we can be in complete and total denial that we are doing something for the best interests of someone else when really the only reason we're doing it is for our own best interests. When someone does present an opposing opinion or show someone their shadows from outside this shadow, the flavor of it changes from a shadow to an assist. It doesn't register as a rebellion, as antagonism, or as a power play. Resolve this shadow within yourself or else you will be a foe, not a friend. You will be more dangerous than that. You will be a foe in the disguise of a friend. And also, I want to remind you that at this rather psychological and basic level of conversation that we've been having today, the devil doesn't really need more advocates. Have a good week.